Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Stephanie, Rachel, and Cliff. Hello and welcome to Generally Speaking. I'm Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And I'm the next door neighbor, Rachel Griffin. Uh, this is the March 3rd edition of Generally Speaking, and this week we're going to be discussing the episode titled Maternity Leave. We have a lot to talk about this evening, guys, so Definitely. let's go ahead and go straight into talking about what happened on the island. Okay, guys, so uh, obviously this is one of the best episodes of Lost, in my opinion. I loved it. Yeah, loved it. I was so blown away by how much we actually did learn. I was not expecting to learn half as much as... You know, you always see with the previews, and you're like, ooh, it's going to be such a good episode, and it's not. Uh This one was like they really followed through, and then some, with what they had promised on the previews. I think they over-delivered. It was Over-delivered? I mean, over-delivered based upon my uh, expectations. Okay, Uh, on your expectations. I love this episode. I I think this helped helped me and and Claire a lot because she hasn't been one of my favorite. One of my favorites, but um, I like her now. Very cool. Well, um, we do have a lot of things to discuss. Uh, Typically, right now, I would do our five-minute audio recap. But uh, I've actually broken down our plotline discussion this week. As we do our panel discussion of all the things that happened, I'm going to play uh, audio clips as we go along. The first thing that I want to talk about this evening is uh, the whole idea of uh, baby Aaron getting sick. And so my question immediately was, do you think that baby Aaron had an infection? And before we talk about it, let me go ahead and play a portion of the show for everybody. There is no infection. Been on this island for two months and no one's gotten sick. So, what do you think? Do you agree with Jack? I don't. I mean, it makes sense if there was an infection w- with all the people, like you know, crazy French chick says there is. I don't understand. I mean, that I didn't really realize that until he said that. But he's right. No one has gotten sick. And Aaron, Aaron's little sickness that he had obviously wasn't an infection because he got over it within like a day. Also, what I was thinking is. Okay, she's a first-time mom. Mm-hmm. Never been a mom before. Mm-hmm. The baby's never been sick. Okay, I don't know. I haven't noticed him crying at all in any of the other episodes. That doesn't mean he hasn't cried. But, you know, coming from a mother's point of view, the first time Jacob got sick, mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. we're going to the hospital. What's wrong with him? You know, and she was probably paranoid about that. And then her being mm-hmm. so overly paranoid and then having Danielle come out and tell her, oh, it's the sickness. Right. Probably did trigger right. a lot of things for her. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely was a good storyline of what happened on the island this week. So I was pretty uh, excited to find out whether or not, you know, that was going to have anything to do with it. It really kind of was freaky when when uh, Danielle looks at her and says, listen, you know, if it is, you know what to I do. I you know what needs to be done. I was like, oh, you're whatever. kidding me. <laughs> I was like, whatever, woman. It just goes to show how much she is not another because she's clearly unstable. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah, absolutely. The next thing I want to talk about, guys, is uh, I want to ask you about the book that Locke gave to Henry. That's my like something to read. Dostoevsky. You don't have any Stephen King? Library's a little outdated. Rachel, why don't you say the name of that book and who wrote it? I'll take a shot. The Brothers Karmazov by Dostoevsky. That sounds good to me. It's a pretty good job for someone who doesn't read. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. So anyway, um, Matt wrote, there is so much in this book. One of the greatest novels in the history of the world. Henry didn't care for it. Yeah, and Henry didn't, didn't certainly didn't care for it. Past the three, first three pages. Uh, that would apply from father issues, he says, to the nature of good and evil, uh, which are all uh, storylines in this book. And he says, I can see how Locke would like this book. So I think that uh, there is an emphasis in putting this in there as far as what Locke's issues are. Mm -hmm. And also to make a cheap but funny inside joke about Stephen King's The Stand, because he had asked, don't you have anything by Stephen King? Mm -hmm. Which is obviously uh, given, Stephen King's stories have given a lot of um, inspiration as to what's going on on the island. Anyway, uh, so Henry overheard uh, Locke's jealousy of Jack. So basically, the jealousy of Jack, though? What's the jealousy of Jack? Because I don't think I caught that. Well, Locke's jealous think... of Jack's leadership, I think. But how did Henry ever hear that? And wh- what did he say that he could pick up that he was jealous of him? Because I... I don't remember that. I-, I don't think that Locke is jealous of Jack. I think that he um, he believes exactly what he said to Henry, which was that they are in this together or, or whatnot. But Henry is manipulating Locke. Oh, yeah completely and so he is he's playing on his weaknesses mm-hmm. which i think and i think that he has issues and he wants to be the important guy here, let me play a clip to kind of back up what i'm trying to get at here did you know that hemingway was jealous of dostoevsky no john I, I didn't know that he wanted to be the world's greatest writer but convinced himself that he could never get out from under dostoevsky's shadow kind of sad really you see where i'm coming from he basically um you got them going back and forth, and then he convinced himself that he could never get out from under a shadow. Exactly, and that's what he's wondering. He's wondering when am I going to get out from under the shadow of all the people who tell me the things that I can't do? And I think really Henry is getting to him, and uh, but no one can tell him what he can and can't do. <laughs> well, just to give you an idea of how much um, Henry did get to him, listen to this. Is that true what you said about Hemingway? You have good ears. You have thin doors. You read Hemingway? Sure. Guy ran with the bulls, fought in the Spanish Civil War. Stuff I can wrap my brain around this, I can't get through five pages of. Hmm. Dostoevsky had his virtues, too. He was a genius, for one. Bullfighting isn't everything. <laughs> so which one are you? I'm sorry? Are you the genius? Or are you the guy who always feels like he's living in the shadow of the genius? I was, I was never very much into literary analysis. I just don't understand why you let the doctor call the shots. No one calls the shots. Jack and I make decisions together. Right, okay. Okay, now Locke, Locke is walking out, he's going to close the door, and then after he closes the door, he gets all upset and throws everything. Just like an angry wife. I was going to say that comment right there from, from Locke about that 
Jack and I make decisions together. Sounds like yeah. an abused wife. It does. Like, it does. No, he doesn't rule the house. So we make all the decisions together. How do you know this about me? <laughs> I mean, do you guys get where I'm coming from with this yeah. whole jealousy thing now? Yeah. I mean, obviously, Locke is a little bit jealous. He wants to, he wants to be the, the leader. I, I think he wants to get out from the shadows of the people who tell him what he can and cannot do. And so, um, I'll tell you what. Who somebody did give us an email, and it's uh, uh, Krista. And if you guys will turn to the very second to last page, I believe. And uh, Rachel, will you read the email from Krista? It says, hey, Stephanie, Rachel, and Cliff. This is Krista from Nova Scotia, Canada. I've never missed an episode of your podcast, and I think it is awesome. It is hard not to crack up laughing while listening, and I'm pretty sure my family wonder why I start laughing randomly while on the computer. This was an awesome episode. I noticed a few things while I was watching. At the end, when Henry Gale said to Locke, why does the doctor call all the shots? I knew right away he was trying to drive wedges between Locke and Jack, and I think he would continue to do things like that to maybe in the end get Locke to help him escape. Okay, before you finish her her email, I mean, even she uh, noticed it, and a couple other people noticed it. I mean, obviously, you, we're, I'm still going on Henry Gale's another. Oh, yeah. Okay, and that he was put there as a plant to help stir things up. So, and that's kind of what Krista is saying, and, and I agree, I agree and with I feel, her. I totally agree with her, but but it's like if I was being tortured in his situation, I would want to break up the people that were torturing me. Yeah, and pit them against would, each yes. other. But the thing is, is that if he was just this typical guy, I mean, he he kind of he I like know. Libby, like Libby being a clinical psychologist mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, like Libby, he he was able to look deeper yeah. into Locke. Mm-hmm. More than just picking up a little vibe. I mean, he's like, so which one are you? I agree. Yeah, I mean, that was so clinical psychologist Dharma sounding to me. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it, it was, was little, very psychoanalytical. Whatever you call it. I don't know. One of those things. Yes. It, it was, was very, very that. Exactly. And so I think that that this is further proof that Henry is an other and stuff like that. Krista also has some additional comments. Also, I have a question for Cliff about Libby. I can't remember if Rachel and Stephanie think Libby is another two, but if you do, which I do, then this question is for you too. And Stephanie's nodding yes as well. So yeah, this okay. is a question for all three of us. If Libby is an other, why would she have helped Claire remember the two weeks when she was taken? She knew Claire would remember, and if she was an other, she wouldn't have wanted to help her remember where their hatch was and what they did to her. Love the podcast and keep up the great work. By the way, your kids are very cute, Cliff and Stephanie. Krista. Okay, so she's asking us three a question. <laughs> now that Libby has shown that she possibly really is a clinical psychologist and she's helping Claire to remember something that they really don't want her to remember, doesn't that prove? All she helped no. Claire do was relax. Yeah. That's and the, all the she ocean helped did her that do. half. Yeah. The ocean did listen half of that. Listen to the water. Listen to the way. I could have done that. Yeah. All she helped her listen do was to relax. The and once she relaxed, the memories that were already coming back just came back in waves. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and then once Claire did start to remember more, she tried to shut she, her down. She, yeah, she totally. She's like, "Well, oh, wait, are you yeah, sure you want? Yeah, do you want to go there? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah." In so. fact, Krista, I actually believe that there was more evidence against Libby. In this one, and and I've got a couple points for you. Number one, and uh, she she couldn't blow Claire off because she's still got to cover her tracks. So, right. And the thing is, is she's there, and she can't let people think, give any reason to think 
you know, she's another. So if, if she's told people she's a clinical psychologist. If she doesn't offer to help, you know, which by helping, she could help avoid and steer her away from mm-hmm. these memories. In fact, I think that's what happens. But in fact, I do have some uh, supporting uh, evidence from this episode that Libby is another. Number one, Kate was very suspicious. Claire is like, come on, we, we've got to go talk to her. She says she's a, you know, she, I think she can help. And, and Kate says, yep. are you sure about this? We don't really know her. Like, what's the point of throwing that in if everything was all peachy green with Libby? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it just shows that people are hesitant about trusting Libby. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of the uh, the tail, other tellies, especially, you know, um, little yeah. Miss Anna Lulu. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so anyway, th- so there's that. And then listen to, th- let me l- play you a couple other clips from uh, Libby. I guess it depends on what you need to remember. I mean, that was a little suspicious. It's like, I hear you can help me remember things. You know, maybe you can help me recall some of the things that I forgot. It's like... I guess it depends on what you need to remember. Why would it depend on that? Why would it depend on that? I mean, if she can help recall things, then she, she can... She would just say, yes, I can. can or she can. That's right. right. Here is the big one. Now, Claire... Here's the deal. Claire was already starting to remember things. Her memory was already coming back. All right. Now, Libby knows that once that door's open, the once the gates open, the, the floodwaters are going to come out. As a clinical psychologist, she knows that. Now, her only opportunity is to offer to help Claire and help steer her away from believing what she remembers. And here's a little example of that happening. Do it again! No, Claire, you were screaming. I remembered, okay? I saw Ethan. He was there and he was giving me an exam. What you saw could be combining experiences of what happened before the crash to the no, thing that happened to you here this on the island. Real. I was drugged. He did something to me. Claire, you need to calm down, all right? It's not good for Aaron. You know what? Aaron is sick, okay? Do you see how she's trying to say, "Listen, this is this is not what you think it is." Yeah, I was just Calm kidding. down. Yeah. And <laughs> she said, "She said you could be combining things from before the crash, but hasn't Claire already stated that she had no prenatal care prior to being on the island?" I don't know. Cuz I know when she was in back in her flashback when, when she, she was in the thing with Ethan, mm-hmm. he which really creeped me out. But because I couldn't tell at first if it was really Ethan or, or like if it was someone from Dharma, or if it was really her doctor, because they're like, you haven't yeah. been for a visit in a yeah. while, like trying to make her think that, you know, she's really back at home or whatever. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I've been. Re-. So I don't know. I don't know if she had gone and just sporadically yeah. or if she really had had no prenatal care at all. Okay. I think she probably had not had any she, real uh, prenatal yeah, she care. Wasn't, um, once Thomas left, she wasn't really into the whole being pregnant thing. Right. She, mm-hmm. she didn't even want the baby. Exactly. So. I, I, I agree. In fact, um, and I don't think they were trying to make her think that she wasn't on the island. I, I think it was pretty clear that, that they had already told her. I mean, they drugged her. And, I mean, she, she sedated. It couldn't <laughs> have been any more obvious that she was drugged. Wasn't I'm she sorry. a good She's actress like, with that, though? Yeah, I'm she like, was. how fun would it be to play that part of her? You know what I mean? Like, you just be as silly as you want. Pregnant and drunk, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. It, but, anyway, they. I mean, he's he's already convinced her that, you know, hey, the best thing for your baby you know, is, is to allow us to have this baby because you're not going to be able to take care of her on this island because of the sickness. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, so, it, this baby needs but the vaccine. But you notice how, how he manipulated, Ethan manipulated Claire in such a way that she even thought it was her idea Yeah. for them to keep the baby? 
Yeah, exactly. When they went for the walk and they're sitting on the tree stump. Yeah. My feeling about Ethan during this is that he was probably taken as a child. He seemed rather naive. And, and but I'm gonna, before we go too far, um, I do want to ask you guys this question. Getting back to Ethan and Claire in the little facility there, the injection. My question is this: Did Ethan inject Aaron inside the womb with the same medicine that Desmond was using? I don't know. We saw a screen cap on the bottles, mm-hmm. and I was trying to. Com, you know, compare them together, and the only difference I found was that on the. I didn't know which one was what, but one was missing the Dharma symbol. Right. And it said there was like letters off to the side, like C N, or that was the only difference. Everything else is pretty much the same. Four right. injection, the four, you know, eight, mm-hmm. sixteen. Right. Just had all the numbers, and I couldn't really. There was a lot of talk on the forum about the color of the liquid. Yeah, the color of the liquid in the vial in the vial that was uh, with Claire. That she got it was a little bit more of a green tint mm-hmm. than the one that that Desmond had injected himself with. Oh. But I, I recorded a little clip from the injection scene. I'm going to give you a shot now, Claire. A little medicine for your baby. So a little medicine for the baby. Now, obviously, Dharma believe that there's something that this baby needs. But is it really a sickness, or was that medication for something else? I don't know, or is it, or is it just their way of trying to manipulate her more by saying, "See, we're having to give the baby injections now, and when it comes out, it's going to be even worse for you to take care of." Maybe it, maybe it was just a placebo for them to give her to where she she would keep thinking, "Oh yeah, they have to shoot the baby with this needle while maybe he's in my belly." Maybe that's how they kept her drugged. Or yeah, maybe that's how. And just made her think that that and some kind of sour concoction in that little canteen. Yeah, in fact, yeah. Um, my question later on was going to be. Um, did he give a vac- the vaccine to Claire in the water? Because she did drink that um, canteen of water. Mm-hmm. And you notice that Ethan did not drink mm-hmm. it. Okay, here. This will help. Mm. What? That's really sour. Is it? Mm-hmm. I hadn't noticed. Duh. Duh, he didn't drink any. I hadn't, I hadn't noticed. noticed. Let me screw the lid back on tightly so I don't get injected. Yeah. You know, that's funny because mo- most people is like, ooh, that t- tastes horrible. And, and somebody else would normally just, yeah, just take it. Yeah, right, you're yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, let's put the cap back on. There was obviously something in it. Yeah. Okay. He- he is nuts. He is one big brute of a man. <laughs> like, okay, dude, you chop this tree twice, and then you just keel it over with your hands. What is that all about? <laughs> Did he keel it over with his hands? Yeah, he just pushed, pushed the thing yeah. over. Oh, okay. I mean, he had chopped both sides of it, but well, I'm like... you could do that with your pinky finger. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm serious. I'm, I've got superhuman strength. No, I'm, when you chop Once both you, ends, yeah. you could... It, it was going to go down on its own, and all he did was decide which way it would fall. Oh. But it leads us back to the question. What is it that he did, or is he doing with these trees? Well, um, I've got a couple different opinions about this. My okay. first one was that he really just does like them, and he's going to make his own little shelter for his own things. But then it's like the way that the story has gone with this, how they just zoom in on him for like a, a couple seconds with the tree, then that's it. That's all you see. It's got to be something that's going to affect everyone. Yeah. Well, I don't know what it is, but it's got to be something that's going to affect Do you think he's building a church? Do you, I mean, I, I know that's I don't a possibility. Know if it's a church, or if it's a fortress, or you know, trying to keep them. I don't know what it is. Okay. I have no clue. Great wall of lost. <laughs> the great wall of lost. 
Hopefully we can keep Charlie from burning it down. <laughs> hey, it was Walt who burnt things down first. There is a um there is a link that I'll put in the show notes that somebody had sent over. I think it was uh Heavy Tea from the forums and it is heavy a tea. it is a it's the song I'm a Lumberjack. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's just it shows Echo cutting down the tree. It's it's really good, and so you guys need to check it out. Ravenscraft.org. And so anyway, um, yeah. So we we still don't have any idea what these trees are are actually going to be used for, but I'm certain that they will come into play, uh, hopefully before the end of the season. Uh, well, I'm certain that it'll be yeah, before the end next of the couple episodes, I think. So next question I have is: Do you think that Sawyer gave up the guns? too easily. I need a gun. I'm going into the jungle to track down Rousseau. What for? Claire thinks she knows where there might be some medicine. What do you think? She's going after Rousseau with or without me. No boys allowed, huh? All right, what do you want? Nine millimeter or rifle? <laughs> All right. <laughs> let, let me sift through my pile. Well, I, you know, he's got the hots for freckles, yeah. so... You know, I just... I just still can't... I don't, I don't know. I can just... I, mean, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe it might be because he realized that it was something to do with the baby. Like, in that he has, he has, he has definite soft spot for kids. We saw that in one of the very first episodes with Sawyer. Mm-hmm. And that lady had her kid, and he's like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm out of here. So, I mean, maybe that was what it had more to do with, except for, you know, besides her. Because I can see him pulling more rank with her. Because mm-hmm. I think he likes that game between the two of them. Oh, yeah. Right. But I think that once he heard that, and she, she was sincere, and she seemed sincere when she told him that it was for Aaron, and Claire wants to help the baby get mm-hmm. better, and... Mm-hmm. Because I think there was a part where she told him it was, you know, Aaron's sick. And he was like, oh, you know, like, what's wrong with him? Like, he was a little concerned at first. Right. Hi, my name is Faith. I'm from Orange, California. And I wanted to call and comment on Sawyer and the guns. I don't personally think that Sawyer gave up the guns too quickly. When Kate walked up and she said, I want a gun. And if he had said, okay, which one? That's too quickly for me. But even though Sawyer's trying to play the big man who everybody hates on the island, he does have somewhat of a heart. And when Kate made the comment about Claire trying to help her baby, I think even Sawyer has to be a little bit of a softie. And he still did play with her by demanding to know why she wanted the guns. And when it comes down to it, Sawyer likes Kate. So no matter what, he's probably going to give in to her because he likes her. Love the show. Bye. Somebody else had commented in the forums that uh, that they don't really think that Sawyer... Well, Sawyer didn't never say that you can't have the guns. He's like, if you want a gun, you're going to have to come to me. You know, and that is true. Yeah. But, hello, why hasn't Jack or Locke say, hey, <laughs> we want the guns back? You know, and do a little groveling or something. They're the only people that Sawyer really wants to keep the guns away from anyway. Yeah. and I, th- I think anybody else who went up and asked for a gun would get one. If someone... <laughs> If Charlie went to Sawyer and said, I need a gun because I'm going to kill Locke, he'd hand him He wouldn't even ask. <laughs> which one? Anymore. Yeah. Take what do you want? <laughs> yeah. Which kind? Uh, but here's the deal. You know, the, the the fact is, I think that he this actually goes back to his motives for taking the guns. I don't think the motives were for himself. I don't think he really cares to have the guns. The, there were two motives. Number one, I believe that he did a, do a good thing. He said, I know he ended the episode, he's like, he told Charlie, I've never done a good thing in my life. I think that's wrong. I think that he did a good thing by helping Charlie. I suppose I can say that was a good thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Beating son over the head and helping all that situation and coming up with those ideas. 
but in but in the fact is is that he was trying to help Charlie, but he had his other motives of he would really like Jack to look and, and Locke to look like fools, mm-hmm. and so I think those were his motives. He could care less about the guns, you know. It was Charlie who wanted him to look like a fool, right? But I think I think I I think Sawyer says, "Ooh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let me show you yeah, how to do it." Jack, I think you know, okay, particularly Jack. Jack, not as much about Locke. I don't think he yeah. could care about him either way. Yeah, Mister Clean. So I'm anyway, just to see what they have in common, though. There was a comment that Sun made that really blew me away. Mother should not leave her child. I'm sorry. Are you a mother? No. <laughs> I'm Claire's- sorry. You want to give me some uh, motherly advice here, Sun? <laughs> like, look, you've been doing it for two weeks. You know, <laughs> sit down and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but did you? I don't know if you uh, did. You hear the the. The emotion in her voice. Yeah, mother should not leave yeah. a child. Like, what yeah. child did you leave, son? I'm going to play it one more time because I, I think we should listen to the emotion in son's voice. Mother should not leave her child. I mean, she was almost crying when she said that. And so, and she said, excuse me, do you have a child? And she paused before she answered, which makes me think, did she have a child before? Probably. And maybe lost it. Kind of like Anna Lucia, mm. or because she left, or is she? Did she pause because she might be pregnant now? Because you saw the clip. I know. For, I did. For I our saw our the next, next episode, episode, right? Yes. So anyway, yeah. And what makes her think that there was pregnancy test on the <laughs> on the plane? Apparently, there must have been because she asked for one. I need a pregnancy test. Like, I don't know why did he she? would. Yeah, she said I need a pregnancy. It was a she sawyer, a right? Sawyer. Mm-hmm. And she he's like keeper stuff. of all the medicine stuff. So maybe there was something in like with the. <laughs> it's possible. Flight attendant. Well, you know, Miss Clairol has lots of makeup. <laughs> oh, speaking of Miss Clairol, she was not Miss Clairol in that episode. I mean, I now. totally thought she was. You yeah. did? Yeah, she, she had she had the makeup going on. There's the scene. Um, I don't have it upstairs anymore. Have you downloaded it on iTunes yet? Yes. Okay. She had a lot of dirt on her in the very end. Well, and yeah, that was I'm, at the end, but in the very beginning, she, she still had the makeup. Yeah, she, when oh, she was yeah. going crazy with not Libby. like the other episode when she was Mrs. Clairol model for the cover of the Libby magazine. She made Libby look really bad. <laughs> Libby makes herself. I don't think Libby needed much help. <laughs> she made Kate look really bad. <laughs> She's got all the makeup on the island. All right, guys, but, uh, what's up with the airplane mobile in in the um, nursery? See, had they ever intended for Claire to see that room? I you know, think so. You know, because yeah. he wasn't supposed to bring her in. Remember when the guy uh, sees my yeah. and he was like, you were supposed, supposed to, make to bring the her list here. First. You were supposed to make the list first. And no, they were supposed to bring her in. And but they were after gonna, they made the list. After they made the list. Okay. Because I thought that was strange that they would have the baby. I mean, in what kind? I've never seen a mobile have planes like that. Well, did you see that they actually are Oceanic Airline no, planes? No, I didn't. Is, that, yeah, is there I, a clip that shows it? There's a clip. In fact, up? in fact, remember before she was taken, she had a dream that she was being ta- she was gonna something was happening to the baby, mm-hmm. and there was a crib out in the jungle in her dream, and it had the mobile and it had the Oceanic Airline mm-hmm. thing, and so after in this flashback in the room it had the airplanes, and we've got screen captures of both instances, and you can see quite clearly that those were Oceanic airline airplanes hmm. on the mobile. So that goes back to the whole thing is an oceanic part of Dharma. Right. Does yeah. Dharma own oceanic or Yeah. yeah. I, I believe that I believe that there is some credence to Possible. that. Huh. 
And of course, I do believe that they brought that plane there. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> you can disagree with me if you want. Just email it to Rachel. At- <laughs> Speaking of the uh, mobile, I think that there, you know, I knew it when I heard it last night, that there must be something you, special about the music that was being played. And oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to play the music for you now. <laughs> what was She's like, oh, yeah. Because. She totally wasn't paying attention. No, I was. I was listening oh, intently yeah. on what he said. Exactly. Time. Speaking of mobile, I have one in the garage. You want it? Is it a girl or a boy? It's a unison. <laughs> <laughs> it's not airplane. <laughs> i show it to you. Moving right yeah. along. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's the music. Ethan. Rachel, will you read what Vincent Vega wrote in the forums? Okay. I think the most important thing to note about the mobile was the tune it was playing. If I remember correctly, Claire instructed the people who were originally going to adopt Aaron to sing Catch a Falling Star and put it in your pocket to him every day. Mm-hmm. Which I've never heard that song, but... I guess it could very well be that song. That is the song right there. So, yeah, I, I, I knew that there is was it some... Is con- falling star and put it in your pocket? I don't know. Here. <laughs> Sing. <laughs> your pocket. La, 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 la. <laughs> so, That's good. Uh, not bad. So, anyway, yeah, the music was definitely important. Now, the question is, 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 is her memory, uh, her recollection... Is she mixing some things like Libby said? That she could be mixing things that she think that it might be playing? Or was that the actual music that was in the mobile? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, I think it's left open to speculation. But I would like to believe that they, yes, indeed, were oceanic airplanes like we saw. It would. I know, I know Rachel's theory has already been debunked. But it would tie in the adoption in Los Angeles. You know, I wonder if was it Javier or was it somebody else that debunked that? Javier, I'm sure. I, I think it was. I, won- yeah. I wonder. I wonder if maybe they di- they're not just steering us in the wrong direction. I just. Hmm. I'd still so like for the adoption lady to be the person in Desmond's picture, and even you know maybe it's not the Desmond. Okay, let's just assume for a second that they're right that it's not. The, the Desmond's lady friend is not the adoption lady. That doesn't mean the adoption lady and the guy were not a part of Dharma. That's true. So, anyway, moving right along. <laughs> All right. So, uh, do you guys... One of the things that I kind of um, caught when, when I'm watching the show, uh, the second or third time, I can't remember when it hit me, but Ethan is falling in love with Claire. Did you guys pick that pick no, up on that? No. He does things for Claire that he's not supposed to do that could get him in a lot of trouble. But I and I think he does it because he likes her. And here are a couple clips to go along with that. Hey. Nobody's going to take him from you unless that's what you want. You have a choice. Why does he give her the choice? Because I think that's just because his way of he knows that she already wants to give him up. Right. He's been injecting her with this stuff. She's so loopy. She doesn't know what's going on so anything that he says i mean i think before or after that he had followed that with 
your, you know, the whole, but your baby is sick. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to raise it out here by yourself, Claire. But I mean, if you don't, if you want to take it on your own, you want to try this on your own, you know, that's still, up to you. He's still trying. He's still manipulating he, her. Yeah, he still okay. wants her to believe that it was her idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I do. I do agree that if he was in love with her, well, no, actually, I think this actually supports my theory. I don't think that Mr. Friendly and the other people were happy with the fact that he brought them back, brought her back before he got the list, and I'm not sh- too sure that they'd be too happy to find out that he killed Charlie, or tried to anyway, hung him in a tree. And here's the thing: why would he hang Charlie in a tree? Because he loves Claire, and he knows because Charlie had influence over Claire. I think it's because there was, there was the relationship. How can he love her though? He had just seen her for like yeah. a second before he captured her. You know what I mean? Like the whole that supports the theory. He hung him in a tree because he loved her, and he knew that Charlie was all about her. Doesn't really. They were on the island for two weeks. Yeah, but were they really hanging out and talking? Two weeks. I think that Ethan was his sole purpose was to get that his baby. His sole purpose was to make a list. Make a list, and so that they could eventually find the way to get Claire and the baby. And I think that for the first two weeks on the island, he was observing Charlie and maybe and yeah. Claire because they were pretty close when she was taken. And so, well, I wouldn't. Okay, to say you're right, he's not falling in love with her. Maybe infatuation, but I'm sorry, you have to. Well, that's what I meant. That's not what you said. I know. I know there's a <laughs> difference between in love. You know? He has the hots for her. Is that better? Yeah. I, I don't even think he has the hots for her. I think he... Why? I think he wants that baby. Why I think did he, he has a soft spot for her as a mother. Why did he rope up Charlie? Because Charlie was not going to stop looking for her. Because Charlie is in love with her. Okay. Well, the one thing is, is if I was in love with somebody, I don't know that I could lie to them. And Ethan obviously lied to Claire. That's because Ethan is a liar. What happened to Charlie? Charlie? Oh, he's fine. When we got far enough from camp, I let him go back. To the tree. (laughs) Buy a rope. (laughs) But maybe he did. Maybe he did let him go back, and then they realized that, oh, God, they let him go back, and then someone else went out and freaking hung him in a tree. Hey, watch your language. This is a family cast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, maybe it was. Maybe he really. Maybe he was like, I don't know. The way that did? he said it, kind of shady. Because I think he really did. But yeah. there's always possibility well, that maybe there's he always didn't. the possibility that he let him go and then he went back and strung him up from the yeah. tree. So he's telling a half truth. You story. think he's naive? I just think he's got a few screws loose and he's just <laughs> not right. Yeah, if Zeke was my dad, I'd probably have issues too. I don't know. I yeah. still think in the like. I don't think Zeke's the one in charge. Hey. Ethan, what the hell happened? You were supposed to make the list and then bring her in. Was I unclear? It's not my fault. They knew I wasn't on the plane. They had a manifest. Well, what am I supposed to tell him? You know what he's going to do when he finds out? Damn it, Ethan. So have we determined, first of all, that this is Zeke? Yeah. Yes, it's definitely Mr. Friendly. Okay, good. Because I was going to say, I mean, even the voice sounds like, because he goes, Mm -hmm. then you're supposed to bring her in, Ethan. Yeah. But um, that answers your question why he didn't make the list and he brought her in first was because Hurley was checking the manifest. Right. Mm-hmm. Hurley was taking a census. Yeah, we know. They we, didn't plan on that. 
Yeah, they they weren't planning on that, and that's why he brought her in. But um, uh, the the question I have is, who was in charge? I thought Mr. Friendly was in charge. But now I'm wondering. Maybe Mr. Friendly is not Gerald DeGroote. Now, well, now that we see that the beard is not really his and stuff like that. Well, I, honey, I, that film was made like a hundred years ago. Yeah, but it's really the beard is kind of what put the, the resemblance together. You know what I'm saying? The question, though, is if, if he is not in charge, who is he? You know, he says he's not going to be happy. You know, he says, you know, what are we going to tell him? Mm-hmm. You know what he's going to do. I know there was some discussion out there that it was probably Dr. Marvin Candle. Yeah. There, uh, there's some I people that, that say that. Dr. Marvin Candle was like a hired helper, like an actor, to put on the film. Like, I don't think that he really has. No, he. I, I would disagree with you because he lost his arm doing something on that island. Remember his arm and his eyeball? But did, did he say that that's how he lost it? Was doing something on the island? No, but why well, maybe would... Maybe he's just a guy that lost I mean, his arm in a construction accident. I was and think... they hired him because he couldn't do construction work anymore. And now he had to be an actor. I think if I was going to pay somebody to be an actor for my <laughs> orientation film, I'd get me a guy with two eyeballs and two arms. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe they didn't notice it, okay? Maybe they're not so picky. Maybe they're not just going to be all biased against some guy without an arm and an eye. Discriminator. Against one-armed people. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm going to get hate mail. <laughs> it's r.griff at... <laughs> it's on the forum. All right. So, so let yeah. me ask you this. What's up with the costumes anyway? I mean, you had the cap that Zeke was wearing when he was uh, playing Mr. Zeke Billy. Or Billy. You, Zeke had Billy. The, you had the beard with the little um, theatrical glue to put it on. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know what's up with the cross the line speech? What's up with a theatrical production for the other people on the island? Why do you think they dressed up as Peter Pan? <laughs> Peter Pan, huh? Yeah, the, <laughs> remember the Peter Pan references of them walking yeah. through as the others. Hmm. Why do you think that they're trying to make people think that okay, they are less wear- than they are? Oh, okay. He was wearing like a blue shirt or or a blue denim shirt or something when they showed him in the hallway, right? Right. That's going to stand out when you're tiptoeing through the jungle. Well, also being clean is going to stand out. (laughs) Um, If you're trying to portray that you've lived on this island for a long time, I think that that's what you would want them to see is, I'm dirty. I can't ever shave. Right, (laughs) right. Like, I think that that's what they were wanting. And apparently these people can either have the facilities to get clean (laughs) and shave on the island, or they're actually on and off the island. Right. You know, periodically. Right. right. Well, here's the deal. Okay, so we already know that our survivors know that Zeke is the same. I mean, Sawyer, that's the guy who shot me. Remember? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Sawyer has already informed everybody from the Oceanic flight that the Sea Billy guy is the same guy who says, don't cross the line. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, hello. They already know they have a pretty new boat that's going to be able to get off the island and and has gasoline in it. I mean, yeah. so big deal if he's got a denim shirt. I mean, why the theatrical production? You know, the the thing is is that, you know, to give this idea of don't come look for these nicer facilities where I'm taking a shower. I mean, <laughs> I, but they already have their own hatch and he knows it. Hey, when you go over to a guy's house for the first time, mm-hmm. do you take your shoes off? <laughs> 
<laughs> I've watched that one a couple times. <laughs> you think? Do you just put your feet up on the table? <laughs> but you see, he already knows that they're inside this hatch. So obviously, what are they trying to hide? I, I don't have the answer myself. But it, but they're hiding something. Because I don't know if they, kn- if the Losties know that these are the people that were from. I don't know if they are the people, but maybe they don't realize that there's still all this research still going on. I mean, I'm sure back in the 70s mm-hmm. where all this, where the tape was from, I think it was the 70s, where mm-hmm. the tape was from and everything. I don't know if they realize that this is maybe a continued thing and that this is all up to date. And I don't know if they want them to know that. Well, the thing is, is that Desmond was found in the hatch alive, pushing mm-hmm. a button. You know, it, it's been, it's obvious that, uh, that Kelvin was there. And so, I mean, there's a brand new Sears washer and dryer, I mean, for goodness sakes. I mean, whatever brand it is. I'm sure I'll get an email. It's like, that wasn't yeah, Sears. Yeah, it's not Sears, and here's a serial number. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I have a screen capture, <laughs> which I love. So, anyway, yeah. So, the question is, why? I, and, and I don't know the answer for why right now, but I'm, that's something that's something intriguing about, me. Yeah. And, because and, they want to. I mean, they showed us the beard... And the fake beard and the theatrical glue and the hat for, and and the clothes, the Peter Pan clothes, they they showed us those for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I, one one person said they hated this episode because it just they it revealed so much that you know what now what is it like? But now oh, I want to know. That's why, why I loved it. They I had know. to give you enough things to talk about over the three weeks that they're not going to be on, right? And not enough. You know, to keep you hanging and right, right. I think they did a great job. I, I think it was an excellent episode. So, um, anyway, I think it's time to put to rest the idea that Danielle is another. I know, I agree. Yeah. In fact, um, I will go ahead. I never thought she was. She's too unstable. Well, you remember Molly H. Yes. And you brought it up mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. Well, Molly's called yep. back. But before I play Molly's comment, I want to play uh, a clip of Alex and Danielle. Wake up. Wake up. Who are you? They'll hear you. Look, you have to get out of here. What? You have to get out of here. Now. No, no, no. What? I can't leave. I can't Come leave. On. No. They're going to do it tonight. Do what? What are you talking about? You're going to die. They're going to cut him out of you. We can get you back to your camp, but we have to leave now. I can hear you. Where are you? Quiet. I'm here, Ethan. You weren't trying to take me back, were you? You were trying to save me. Carried you on my back to your camp. I left you where they would find you. Your baby. Was it a girl? Yes. What was her name? Alexandra. I remember. A girl. A girl with blue eyes. She, uh, she helped me. She saved me, just like you did. My name is Molly H. from San Antonio, Texas, and I'm calling regarding to the question about is Danielle and other. I am. Um, I first brought this question up, and I am going to have to say that I. It was a good topic to conversation, but I was probably wrong. Um, I doubt that if Danielle was another, she would really help Claire escape, and she would her emotion on her face. I mean, it was very apparent that Danielle is not an other and the story was legit tonight. Well, you know what, uh, Molly H., we still appreciate the fact that you brought it up mm-hmm. and that you almost had Rachel convinced. <laughs> and 
And and as Zeke would say, it's an interesting theory. It was an interesting theory, but yet debunked. I just think, like Molly, it, there wasn't enough evidence for me to be convinced that she wasn't another. Not that it, not that she was, but there just wasn't enough for me to go on believing that. No, she's definitely not. Would you believe there's enough evidence yes. now? Yes. Okay, cool. So we can put that officially in the debunked category. Very cool. Her mental status was plenty enough for me. I mean, she's just she's unstable. All right. What was the point of Mr. Echo talking to Henry Gale? I mean, was this really a confession or was it another form of interrogation? The first night I spent on this island, I was dragged into the jungle by two men. They never spoke a word to me. No, I to them. I killed these men, smashed in their head with a stone, felt their blood on my arms. I need you to know how sorry I am for this. I need you to know that I am back on a righteous path now and that I regret my actions. I ask you for your forgiveness. Why are you telling me this? Because I needed to tell someone. Was that a real confession? Was he really confessing to get it off his chest? It's hard for me to say. I think that, yes, he was, but I also think that he was... I think it was another inf- form of interrogation to him because, I mean, he did you see the knife he whipped out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> did anybody I'm else thinking, catch that? I'm like, it's gleaming in the light. <laughs> I'm like, okay, are we going to get a repeat of him slashing the throat of another person? Oh my gosh. And then it, he kind of holds it up to himself, and I'm like, they are not going to have Echo kill himself. <laughs> I mean, am I the only one that thought that? No. I mean, like, not. this I was going... I not know what he was doing. Like, and then all of a sudden... Like, yeah, I was like, what's going on? And then he holds his coat to go... <laughs> I mean, what's up with that? I, I definitely think... Maybe there's some kind of symbolism out there for, you know... I'm sure there is. Behind that. I know there is for him, but maybe... The, maybe I don't know if it's just a individual thing for him but there were clearly two little pieces mm-hmm. growing down there and i think one was for each of the guys that he killed and i think that that was his reminder that he you know that grow. he mm-hmm. yeah that he let that grow and especially in two separate forms yeah. you know like one's for you that i bashed your head in this time and one's for you that i bashed your head in that time god love this i mean <laughs> bashed your head in with a rock i'm telling you, this guy's a brute he is a brute but yeah i think he cut it off as it was closure for him like hey i'm done with that I but gave you my confession. Here's the deal, though. I, I I agree with you. I'm I'm 100% with you on that. I, that, that. That is a good reason of why he did it. But he did do it in such a way as to... There is like... He, he didn't make it known, hey, I'm cutting this off now. I mean, he <laughs> did it in a very dramatic way, mm-hmm. waiting to see what kind of response that would generate yeah, out of but, Henry. And that's why I, I, I can sway both ways and I think it had a little bit to do with both things because if it really were just a symbolic thing for him, why wouldn't he go off and pray and do it in his own right. little private ritual right. and cut it off and, and just have a zone in on that later? Like, why would he need to do it? As, I, yeah, I think it was a lot for him. Inti- in, I, I'm uh, so thinking of, 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 a, of pun intended, he's killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, Confession and interrogation, both yeah. both in in the same time. Yeah, I believe he definitely feels that Henry's another, mm-hmm. and and I think that he felt that at the beginning, and I think that he is now certain of it. Hello, generally speaking, this is Wally from Abingdon, Maryland. Uh, thanks for the great podcast. Listen to it every week. Appreciate the good work. Uh, a couple comments about maternity leave. I thought it was a great episode. Uh, they really gave us a lot to chew on and answered some questions we've 
had. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Henry Gale. Um, the suspicions that he's an other, uh, forget the look that he gave Saeed at the end of one of them. Uh, you can read a lot into a look. Um, and if someone would have beaten me as severely as Saeed beat Gale, I'd, I'd probably have given a similar look. But what struck me was that he has done his homework. He has now successfully found Saeed's hot button and Locke's hot button and gotten under their skin uh, swiftly. I think he was put there to accelerate the conflict in the group. Um, as far as if they find a balloon, I don't think finding his balloon will prove anything. Uh, Dharma or the others or whoever they are um, obviously have a lot of resources and a way to get things on and off the island. Um, so I'm sure they'd take, they'd take care of uh, that detail and, and place a balloon somewhere uh, to back up his story. Okay, well, we had uh, an, a lot to talk about this evening, and so we're going to move r- things right along here. Uh, I do have a couple things that I want to bring up. The first thing I want to bring up is uh, the fact that Kim, a.k.a. Gracie's mom, our new research and development team member for Generally Speaking, has come up with several ideas for our podcast. And uh, one of the ideas that she came up with is a weekly top 10 list. This week we have the top 10 reasons that you know you're a diehard Lost fan. You ready for this? Number 10. You know you're a diehard Lost fan if you sit in your computer chair so long your behind falls asleep, (laughs) but you keep on typing and reading for fear that you'll miss something extremely important on the forum. That was mine? (laughs) Yeah. Was that yours? Yeah. You made the number 10 spot. I know. Woo! Number nine. You know you're a diehard Lost fan if you take notes during the show. (laughs) Yeah. I'm certainly guilty of that one. Number eight. You know you're a diehard Lost fan if you try to use beat me with your Jesus stick in everyday conversations. (laughs) I haven't gone there yet. Beat me with your Jesus stick. What are you going to do? Beat me with your Jesus stick? Okay, I got it. All right. (laughs) I thought you were like requesting it. Like beat me with your Jesus stick. All right. Number seven, you know you're a diehard Lost fan if you download your own Dharma clock and you're actually afraid not to punch in the numbers. That's great. Uh, Number six, you know you're a diehard Lost fan if you wonder what nickname Sawyer would give you. Uh, Number five, you know you're a diehard Lost fan if you consider being a Lost fan an actual hobby. (laughs) I don't know anybody that would do that. Yeah. Start a podcast? What? What? I have no idea. <laughs> Number four, you know you're a diehard Lost fan if you realize that suntan lotion comes in 4, 8, and 15 SPF. Oh. Number I didn't th- see that one. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, you know you're a diehard Lost fan if you start to interpret WWJD as what would Jack do? <laughs> And number two, you know that you're a diehard Lost fan if you walk into the grocery store and you're reminded of this sound. I so did that at Remke's the other day. It's going beep, beep, beep. It's like, that is so where they got that sound effect from. It does sound like it. It does. Clean up in aisle four. (laughs) 
right. Now get this one. Are you ready for this? And Kim's going to kill me because I made a new number one. Oh. <laughs> See, you know what? I told her about your okay. little thing about how you had to be in control of everything. Did She's you? totally know now. Okay, Kim, he is so <laughs> totally a control freak. But you guys are going to like number one. All right? Which one? Hers or yours? <laughs> this one, the one that I chose. Are you ready? And the number one reason you know you're a diehard Lost fan if you've downloaded the song Make Your Own Kind of Music from the iTunes Music Store and you've listened to it more than 20 times. Nobody can tell you There's only one song worth singing so anyway, that's our weekly top ten list. Kim, thank you very what, much. What was supposed to be number one? I forget. <laughs> that's great. Kim's going to okay. kill me. Kim, I, you got to tell me what number one was supposed to be. Cause yeah, we'll, put, we'll post it on the forum. Okay. Aww. Somebody needs to email me directly and tell me. <laughs> I'll show you how to get on the forum, babe. Yeah, you've been telling me that for like three days. I know. I've been too so busy I need on the to forum. apologize to Norma and to Kim because I have messages out there, but Glenn hasn't shown me how to use it, so I, I don't know. I'll get you on tonight or tomorrow because it's kind of late. <laughs> we'll get we'll get Steph. The goal is to have Stephanie on there by the end of the week. Okay, so anyway, it's tomorrow. <laughs> now Kim did do another weekly thing that she started, and that is actually going to be our weekly trivia contest. And so she put out some trivia questions, which I thought were kind of hard. But uh, obviously, we've got some Lost fans out there that are really diehard Lost fans. And so here's what um, she's brought in for us. Hey, everybody. It's time to announce the winner of our first trivia contest. If you didn't play this week, no worries. Just log into the form and test your trivia skill for next week's round. The official winner for the first week's trivia game is Casper. Casper answered all ten questions correctly, plus the bonus question. So, Casper, you are trivia queen for the week. I'd like to thank Emily from our forum for creating two awesome trivia avatars. Weekly trivia winner will have the option of using the trivia king or trivia queen avatar for the week. Here's a rundown of the questions and answers from this week's test. What type of flower does Jin give to Sun in the Sydney airport? and I was looking for the type and color. The correct answer was a white orchid. Kate robbed a bank in which state? Correct answer, New Mexico. On what date did Kate and Tom bury their time capsule? Correct answer was August 15th, 1989. What is the full name of Locke's long-lost father? Correct answer, Anthony Cooper. What were the first English words that the group heard Sun say? The correct answer is, stop it. What was the first name of the woman that Boone and Jack tried to save from drowning? The correct answer is Johanna. Casper actually inserted the fact that her passport said, Barbara Johanna Miller. Number seven, what was the full name of Susan's boss who later became her husband? The correct answer was Brian Porter. Number eight, how much was Hurley's winning lottery ticket worth? The correct answer? $114 million. Number nine. Rousseau told the group that they had three choices. What were they? 
Correct answer. Run, hide, or die. Number 10. Who is dead? Scott or Steve? Correct answer. Scott. Our bonus question said, When generally he's speaking, first got their intro and exit themes. The exit theme stated Rem's radio name. What name did he use? And the correct answer is Chris Gilmore. From the responses that I got this week, I see that I'm going to have to make the test a bit harder. I forgot that I'm dealing with some serious fans here. I mean, some of you actually named the episode that my questions were taken from. <laughs> that is dedication. New questions will be posted tomorrow, Friday. Please email your answers to me at addictedtolost at hotmail.com. Please email them by Thursday mornings. Please remember that you must be a registered user on the forum in order to play the trivia game. Thanks a lot, and I'll talk to you next week. Kim, thank you very much for putting that together. <laughs> I can't tell you how... Oh, and thank your boss for paying you to do that for us. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. And so anyway, um, we did get a couple audio clips. Uh, we don't have our standard audio clips uh, from Eric this week for our Crazy Theory of the Week. Uh, and it's because uh, he was kind of tied up. And, you know, last week he was roaming around the island trying mm-hmm. to get an inside scoop for right, us as far right. as some theories. Well, he got caught by Saeed. And so uh, here's here's what happened. Get up. Here, let me help you. You said you've been here for four months. What? You said you came to this island four months ago, yes? I don't know. Please... Answer my question. I don't know. I've been here like two days. Tell me about this balloon. Balloon? What balloon? I'm, I must have been traveling over the water because I was all wet. Why would you travel in that way? I don't know. All I know is there was a one-week hiatus, and I came to get some answers to the mysteries. So somehow, I don't even know how, I got here on the island. I found Hurley and Michael and that Zeke dude, and then I broke Ram out. I don't even remember how we got separated. You would remember! We're the pliers. <laughs> <laughs> I was really wonder I was really worried about Eric there for for a long time and until I got Rem's audio segment and it kinda set my mind to ease and, and uh this is why. Hey, Stephanie, Rachel, Cliff, it's Rem here. And I I have to be kind of quiet because, well, I made a break for it. The others were busy playing ping pong down in the hatch, and I snuck out the main door. Now I'm out in the jungle, and I'm trying to find the beach, but I've got a feeling that somebody's following me. I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe I'm just jumpy. I'm recording this on my portable MP3 player, so if anything happens to me, you'll at least know what happened. Now... Over the past few weeks, I've been pushing these buttons in the hatch, right? And I got thinking about the idea of a, of a dead man switch, which is essentially what the hatch computer is. And I thought, well, why a dead man switch? Now, if you've never heard of it, a dead man switch is designed to activate in the absence of human intervention. You know, things like lawnmowers, they have a dead man switch as a safety feature. If you don't hold down the bar, the mower shuts off. And you know those sea dews like those snowmobiles for the water? Well, they've got a key that you attach to your wetsuit, and it plugs into the sea dew And if you fall off in the water, the key's pulled out, and the uh, the ignition in the sea dew stops. So it's a safety feature. Oh, just a second. Just a second. Okay. 
I thought I heard something. So anyway, I got thinking about what happens when you don't put the numbers in. Well, essentially, the computer and the numbers are designed to do something if there are no humans left, right? If everyone's dead, the hatch is supposed to do something. Now, I heard someone say that if the numbers run to zero, then an electromagnetic pulse is released. Maybe that's, I don't know, supposed to kill a smoke monster. Maybe something happens. The electromagnetic rock under the hatch becomes activated. I don't know. But my brother-in-law, Mark thinks that the hatch is really a spaceship and it's designed to lift off if everyone dies. Now, that's a really good idea. And listen to this. I managed to get a recording of the machinery starting up and it sounds just like a jet engine starting up and doors closing. So listen to this and see if it sounds to you like something getting ready to lift off. See? Looks like something's going to come right out of the ground, right? Now, could the hatch really be an escape pod that launches into space if the hatch monkey dies? Good idea. Now, Mark's idea reminds me of that book by Stephen King called The Tommyknockers, where this woman discovers an alien ship buried in her backyard. We've already heard that Stephen King's other book, The Stand, which is my favorite novel, by the way, was very influential in the writing of Lost. Now, I'm going to try to make a satellite dish out of a Dharma dinner plate, and I'm going to see if I can bounce this audio file off the satellite and back to the Generally Speaking Studios. And if I don't make it back, the one thing that I really want you to know before I go... Wait. Just a second. Oh, there's something here. Did you hear that? Eric? Hey, man, you're okay. Yeah, how'd you find me? I followed the trail of Apollo Bar rappers. Wow, man, well done. Who were you just talking to? I was just recording a segment on my MP3 player for the new episode of Generally Speaking. It's about dead man switches. Cool, we'll listen to it on the way back. <sighs> yeah, sure. Yeah, man, let's roll. Hey, uh, can we um, maybe hit a Starbucks on the way back? Why would you need Starbucks when you've got fresh Dharma roast sitting right here? Excellent. Hey, is there... Uh, any creamer? I have to say it every week. My favorite part of the show is when these guys put together these audio clips mm -hmm. because it is just really uh, amazing what they come up with. Uh, thank you very much, Eric and uh, Rem, for, for putting those together for our enjoyment. And uh, it's time now to enter into our listener feedback segment. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to go ahead and uh, bring up some listener feedback. I do have one audio comment outside of the panel discussion stuff that we've already played, and I'll go ahead and play that right now. Hey guys, um, this is Sherita calling from Southern California. I am a new listener to the podcast and just want to let you know I think it's great. Um, I did, I have them listen to the um, hiatus podcast, so I'm hoping that the the regular ones are just as great. I just wanted to give a thumbs up to you guys, and I hope you're doing great. Bye. Thank you very much for calling in, uh, Sherida, and we're glad to have you as a new listener. And we hope that our podcast is just as good during the episodes <laughs> as during the hiatus as well. Um, 
Uh, we definitely have our critics, but we certainly do have a fan base of listeners that are just simply amazing, and we're glad to have you as a member of that team. Uh, we do have some random listener feedback, and uh, let's see here. Rachel, you want to read what X wrote? I really enjoyed this segment of the last podcast. I know many cast members have done interviews recently, but I only know of them from Lost Links, and my computer doesn't play their video format. I was hoping this could be an extra segment of the podcast or something to play on hiatus week that are on that are soon to come. I know it's more work, but I personally really enjoyed it, and I know others who also did. Thanks for the great podcast. Okay, and X is uh, obviously referring to the audio recordings that we mm-hmm. did of the John Stewart yeah, show. Yeah and um, Regis and Kelly. And so, yeah, we will continue to do that as long as we're made aware of uh, future interviews that are done on television. And as long as we can set our TiVo for those and we don't have our TiVo crash on us, we will bring you some audio recordings of that. Hey, guys, it's Cliff here. I actually got jealous of Rem and Eric getting to do all the on-location reporting from the island, so I rented a hot air balloon and I made it all the way to the island myself. I haven't been able to find Rem or Eric, but I did find the medical bunker that we saw on this week's maternity leave episode. It's surprisingly cool in here. So I'm going to take a little break in here for a little bit and kind of cool off. Since I have a few minutes to kill, I figured I'd go ahead and uh, record my Generally Speaking podcast update for you. First off, the Generally Speaking Lost Forum has really taken off. You know, Kim has done a fantastic job of putting this site together, and I'm beginning to see our Generally Speaking listeners become more of a community. In the first week, we've had over 100 registered members, and more than 700 posts have been made. For those of you who have not yet seen the forum, I encourage you to go to ravenscraft.org and click on the button that says Generally Speaking Lost Forum. At this point, anybody can view and post messages without registering and signing into the forum, except for in two areas, which would be the Listener Poll section and the Weekly Lost Trivia Contest section. These are only available to forum members who are logged in. You know, registering to our forum is very easy. All you do is click on the register link in the top menu and just choose the username and password and then you can just log right in. It's that easy. Last week we introduced the idea that we have come up with here at Generally Speaking called the Summer Review of Season 1 and 2. Basically the idea is that after the end of this season we will develop a viewing schedule of about two episodes per week starting with season one and we'll work our way through to season the end of season two again. And we will do a weekly podcast to cover these two episodes that have been on our schedule for the week. The first part of our podcast will be our Lost 101 section. For those who have not yet seen every Lost episode, basically what we'll try to do is to discuss the episodes in question only in relation to what has been revealed up to that point in the viewing schedule as to not ruin the viewing experience with spoilers for our new Lost fans. Then we will have a section called Lost 401 for our advanced Losties. This is where we will discuss the scheduled episodes in light of what we already know from viewing all of Season 1 and Season 2 already. You know, we are very excited, generally speaking, about this. However, it does take a lot of work to pull off a weekly podcast, and we need to know that there are a number of folks out there who are interested in joining us for this review of Season 1 and 2. 
in our show notes, there will be a link to a listener poll where you can tell us that you are willing to stick it out with us during the summer. If you think this is a great idea, we really need to hear from you. Oh, and as you guys are aware, for the next two weeks, we have no new episode of Lost. Yes, another two-week hiatus. I was thinking that next week we could devote uh, the show to your theories. What I need for you to do is call in your theory to our listener line at 413-521-0958. If you don't have a theory of your own, just go to thefuselage.com and find one that you like, and then call it into our listener line. Just be sure to give credit to the original author and tell us where you saw the theory. I'm still in the process of deciding what we're going to do the following week. I have a dream in my head of a generally speaking audio segment showdown. For the past few weeks, Rem and Eric have been sending in some very clever audio segments. They happen to be my favorite part of the show. Here's the deal. We have over 5,000 listeners to this podcast, and I have to imagine that with this many listeners, there has to be a few more of our listeners who have the ability to record and edit some pretty clever audio segments of their own. If this is something that sounds appealing to you, I encourage you to record an audio segment and email it to me in the form of an MP3 file. I only ask that you keep it either related to Lost or this podcast. And also, please don't use any profanity at all and keep any humor that you might have as clean as possible. Email your audio segments to podcast at ravenscraft.org. Well, I'm pretty rested up now, and so I think I'm going to go back out there and see if I can catch up with Rem and Eric. Until next time, let's get lost. You have been listening to Generally Speaking, a podcast production of Ravenscraft.org. You can make our show even better with your feedback. Call our listener comment line at area code 413-521-0958. After you hear this greeting... Thank you for calling. To leave a message, please press 1. Leave your comments and questions, and please start with your name and where you're calling from. This podcast is made possible with the generous support of our listeners and in part by periodic sponsors to the show. If you would like to contribute to our weekly podcast, simply click on the PayPal donate button on our website at ravenscraft.org. Join us next week for another edition of Generally Speaking. Thanks for listening. <laughs>